Hey guys, it's Simeon. This is Pro Wrestling Unlimited. As we are here on the 1st of September 2021 to talk about everything that went down tonight on AEW Dynamite. Let me just change one setting here. Um, da -da 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 -da. All right, we are good to go. We've got dynamite to talk about. This show was a little bit of a roller coaster because there's really good wrestling. The show itself kicked off with a just tremendous match. And the show kind of went up and then kind of went straight and then kind of went down and then back up and then flattened out, had a good main event, and then nosedived at the end. This may have been, and I'm going to say it right now, and all y'all AEW fans can hate me. This may have been. One of the worst endings to an episode of Dynamite I've ever seen. This may have. This may have, but let's get the poll going really fast. Forgot to start it sooner. Sorry, I was a little... What's the word I'm looking for? Not fully into... So, I'm not. I'm briefly just going to hint on it. The Daphne stuff, we're not going to talk about it here. I don't want to see anything about Daphne in the, in the live chat. You guys didn't see, there was a very disturbing video she put up on her Instagram. She went live on Instagram. People are now very concerned about her. Again, we're not going to talk about that, but I was reading all the stuff on that and whatnot, and it got me like, oh, crap, we got to go live. So best wishes for Daphne. Hopefully everything works out for her and nothing bad happens. I know many, many people have been trying to contact her ever since she ended her live stream on Instagram, and they're getting sent straight to voicemail. So... Very sad, very sad, but we got dynamite to talk about. Let me get the poll going really fast. What did you think of tonight's dynamite? What did you think of tonight's dynamite? I liked it. It was all right. I didn't like it. We'll throw the same poll up on YouTube. The Twitch poll is live for you guys. Let's pull that there. Pull the same one on YouTube. I liked it. It was all right. <clears throat> Excuse me. I didn't like it. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Let's open up. For some reason, my notes just froze again. Goddamn Google Docs. Always freezing up on me. But it's free, so what can you, what, what are we going to complain about? So, like I said, I wasn't a big fan of the way the show ended tonight. I see Gabriel Perez in the chat saying, this Dynamite ending was a lot better than last week. No, it wasn't, and I didn't like last week's either. Last week's Dynamite ended with the Malachi Black-Brock Anderson match, where then he knocked out, kicked out, or whatever, um, Arn Anderson. And then Lee Johnson came out and Malachi Black ran. That's how last week's show ended. I get what they were doing there. I get what they were doing tonight as well. But I thought tonight's ending of the show was just bad. Just bad. The reason last week's was bad is because they threw out Lee Johnson. And no one's going to take Lee Johnson serious as coming to the aid of anybody against Malachi Black. If that makes sense. So that's why last week's was bad. But tonight's was just bad. Bad 
because it just seemed like utter chaos. Like they just said, go out there and do whatever you want. We're going to lower the cage and beat people up. It's like, no, no. That's just since Saturday says, no, the ending was good. Everything went according to plan. I don't fucking care if it was according to plan. It wasn't good. If it was according to plan, then it wasn't a good plan. Because I'm just going to say it right now. When you were in front of a crowd in Chicago, an AEW fan base crowd in Chicago, and they're sitting on their hands, you know you've got a stinker going on right now. You know you've got a stinker in the ring. The main event match, great. Loved it. As soon as they did the beat down and pulled down the cage with Kenny and them out there, and that fucking crowd in Chicago was just like, Ooh, uh, uh, ah, no, oh, cage is lower, ah. But when that, when you, when you can shut up a Chicago crowd, that takes skill and not in a good way, not in a good way. But with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Remember, if you are watching on Twitch live, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can hit that donate button down below or donate Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel here on Twitch one of two different ways. You can subscribe either with a tiered subscription for five bucks or you can say, hey, I got Amazon Prime. So I'm going to link my Amazon account, to my Twitch account. And I'm going to subscribe to you guys, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. But what about the people that say, yo, Tim, hey, yo, I don't got Amazon Prime. Well, all you got to do is call your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brother, your auntie, your uncle, the girl who bagged your groceries at the Safeway, the guy that gave you your caramel macchiato at Dutch Bros, and say, hey, you got, you got Amazon Prime? Oh, you do. Do you have a link to a Twitch account? No. Can I link my, your Amazon Prime to my Twitch account and get those benefits, like free video games? And a subscription to Pro Wrestling Unlimited on Twitch. Thank you very much. That's all you got to do. Never hurts to ask. But on the flip side, if you are watching on YouTube, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by donating a super chat or a super sticker in the live chat. Also, you can subscribe to the channel by hitting that join button down below as a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access to podcasts, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. Also support us, patreon.com forward slash Unlimited. And if you ever miss any of our podcasts, you can check them all out. Audio format, audio version on the just plethora of different channels like Chatbox, Apple Music, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and so many more. But with that, we've got AEW Dynamite to talk about. Let's jump right into it as this show kicked off with tag team action. Opening match was FTR against Santana and as Justin Roberts called them, So, I thought the match was really, really good. But at the same time, I was expecting a little more. I was expecting it to possibly be better than the last one. And it was a little lesser than the last one. But, 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 I still enjoyed the match nonetheless. I just expected more out of this. And I don't know if maybe because Dax is not 100%. No, Cash. 
cash is not 100%, they couldn't do some things. I don't know, but whatever. Again, I enjoyed the match, but I thought it could have been better. FTR, uh, were really cool. FTR wore some uh, Bobby Eaton tribute gear. Austin Tano Ortiz had their face paint on, and we're supposed to believe that when they have the face paint on, they're serious. They say, we haven't seen the face paint on Santana and Ortiz since Blood and Guts. Dax and Santana started off the match, and they performed some chain wrestling before trading big chops in the center of the ring. It quickly broke down to a free-for-all where Santana and Ortiz clotheslined their opponents to the floor before following this up with a double toe pays. Uh, they wiped out FTR into the barricade while Santana hit a cannonball senton off Ortiz's back. Ortiz maintained control back in the ring until Cash got the blind tag, allowing him to surprise Ortiz with repeated shots, sending him shoulder first to the post. FTR continued to beat down Ortiz with frequent tags and double team maneuvers. Cash then would rip the turnbuckle post off of one of the turnbuckles, or not the post, but turnbuckle pad off the top rope of one of the sides when the referee was distracted. FTR tried to use that as a weapon, but Santana stopped them before Ortiz made a comeback with a drop kick. Cash then cut him off, though. Ortiz quickly recovered with a lariat, allowing him to read Santana for the hot tag. Santana made a, a one-man comeback against both FTR. He hit the three amigo suplexes on Dax before the frog splash followed it up with a two. Santana and Ortiz hit some double-team maneuvers like a double-team wheelbarrow wheelbarrow cutter, and a German suplex, but Cash broke up the pin. Ortiz rolled up Dax, but Dax kicked out, sending Ortiz into the right hand of Cash Wheeler. Dax then hit a spike brain buster, which finished their first match, but it wasn't good enough here, got a near fall. FTR went for a combo brain buster, but Santana speared Dax out of the way, allowing Ortiz to reach Santana. They hit an inside-out suplex for a two. Santana and Ortiz went for the street sweeper, and Dax broke it up, and Cash hit a gory special for a two. As we got down to the end of the match, there was some miscommunication until Dax hit a superplex followed by a big rig. Santana broke up the pin with a dive and a good near fall here. Santana hit a rolling cutter. Ortiz hit a lung blower. Santana hit a thrust kick, and then they hit another double-team inside-out suplex to pick up the victory. Yes, Santana and Ortiz. Defeat FTR. In the back, Daniel Garcia was flanked by 2.0. Tag team hyped up their, quote, son, Garcia, before the latter said that he twisted Darby Allen's body and hurt him. He said everybody's expecting and excited for Darby Allen versus CM Punk, but this Friday on Rampage, he's going to be the one to take that match away from everybody when he defeats and beats down Darby Allen to where he can't compete this Sunday at All Out. So next up, we get CM Punk. Punk says he's happy to be here. He basically stands in the middle of the ring, hometown of Chicago, and says, you guys sick of me yet? He's going to soak it up and love this while he can. Because this Sunday, it could all end. He said, quote, you still got it. Or the fans chanted, you still got it. But he said, no, no, no. This Sunday, it could be the end. I don't know how I'm going to be in that ring or what's going to happen when I face Darby Allen." He goes on, crowd still chanting, you still got it, you still got it. And in my head, I'm chanting, how do you know? How do you know? Who hasn't been in front of a live wrestling crowd in seven years? As far as actually wrestling in the ring, having a match. But when they're chanting, you still got it, you still got it. 
I'm over here going, how do you know? How do you know? Know what I mean? You know what I mean? Anyways, Daniel Garcia. So actually, the, the focus of this is on Punk, of course. So the camera is zoomed in. We see Punk from like the waist up. And all of a sudden, Punk's talking and we just hear, Ooh. And I'm like, what the? They're, they're booing Punk. No, never mind. They're not booing Punk. Literally sounded like they were booing Punk. 2.0, Daniel Garcia rushed to the ring. They attack Punk, and they're beating on Punk, and they're beating on Punk. And this goes on for a while. They keep on beating on Punk, and beating on Punk, and beating on Punk. And then finally Darby's music hits, like two minutes later. Two minutes later. Darby and, and Sting come down. They make the save for Punk. Darby hits a coffin drop. Sting hits a scorpion death drop. Punk hits a GTS. And they all embrace in the ring, basically. Punk and Allen had a little face-to-face where they got nose-to-nose, and Sting began to speak. Punk said, hold on really quick, and he grabbed one of the guys for 2.0, threw him out of the ring. Sting said that he's always wanted to share a ring with CM Punk, but their paths have never crossed. They were never in the same place at the same time. That it felt good to see a go to sleep right before his eyes. It felt good to see a coffin drop right before my eyes. It felt good to hit that scorpion death drop right before my eyes. All three men want this Punk Allen match to happen. And they said they will make sure that nothing happens to stop it. Thing said that he knows both men are ready. And when they collide, it's going to be showtime. Caliber clarified that Sting won't be at ringside this Sunday for... All out, so I don't know what that means. Is Sting just not going to be in Chicago Sunday, or is it the whole of a whole thing of I'm not going to be there because I don't want to cause any distractions or this? I don't know. That was a very random thing to hear. His caliber was just like, and we do need to clarify that Sting will not be in Darby Allen's corner at ringside this Sunday for All Out. And I'm like, oh, that's not something I expected to hear. Uh, Gabriel, you know how this goes. We'll get to it when we get to that part of the show. No need to keep, you know, sending multiple messages in the chat. So, Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. A video plays about it. All the broadcast talent offered their thoughts. Paul White closed out by saying, all out, all out might be the worst night of Omega's life. Look at a sit-down interview with MJF. Boy, is this fucker good. Giovanni called MJF one of the most, quote, disgusting and despicable individuals he's ever met. MJF brought up all of Chris Jericho's nicknames for decades on top of professional wrestling. He said Jericho will forever will be forever etched in the Mount Rushmore of wrestling, but when it's all said and done, MJF will take his place. Jericho got, he said Jericho's got big shoes to fill, but like Muhammad Ali coming back for one more too many fights, like one too many fights. Jericho's on a downward spiral. He said, just like Ali, Jericho's an addict. He needs the spotlight. He needs the attention. That's why Jericho put his career on the line at All Out. He said at All Out, he will end the greatest run in professional wrestling history. That's poetic that the same yearning that brought Jericho to the dance will be the reason the music dies. I thought MJF was phenomenal here. No, you know, it wasn't phenomenal. This next match, Orange Cassidy and Jack Evans. So early on, actually before the match even really gets going, 
Hardy jumped orange before the bell and was immediately ejected. Evans hit a cyclone kick right away and kept the fight and the offense on Orange Cassidy. He had some acrobatic moves and some springboards and flippy shit. Orange avoided an elbow in the corner and hit a flying DDT for a two. Evans avoided an orange punch, but was taken out with a tope suicida. Back in the ring, Orange hit a diving crossbody and a Michinoku driver for a two. Orange hit his weak kicks before we got a, a, a about 15 standing switches. Like, what the hell? It's just like, run, whoo, run, whoo, run, whoo. Like, someone do a move. Eventually he broke, and Orange climbed the ropes. Evans cut him off, and they battled on the top until we went to commercial. Match somehow ended during the break, I think. I don't know exactly what happened here, but Orange Cassidy was called the winner. Matt Hardy ran down and attacked. Chuck Taylor, Wheeler, Yuta all came out to make the save. And then we just get fucking chaos, just like in the main event. What the fuck is going on? So, HFO come out, the Hardy family office. It's the Blade. It's private party. It's whoever else is in this goddamn group. And they're beating down Orange Cassidy. Again, best friends come out. Still, numbers not in their favor. Finally, out would come Jurassic Express. They sent the HFO packing. And, yeah, big cluster at the end. Because, again, this should not be called AEW Dynamite. This should be called... AW War Games. Or no, AW Gang Warfare. That's what it was. Or Gang Rules, whatever. Whatever that old Survivor Series was called. Because if they're going to copy WWE all the time, you might as well. Gang Rules, I think, is what it is. Anyways, too much of this heel beat down shit with different factions and then random people just coming up. Like, I don't have a clue why Jurassic Express ran out at all to make the save. At all. Uh, Brian Lo- uh, Lazaro says it did end when it was in picture in picture. Yeah, and I wasn't paying attention during picture in picture because it's a fucking commercial and nothing important should happen during the commercial. Same thing I bitched about during Blood and Guts. Two, two, two big things in that match happened during commercial when people are most likely not paying attention. But again, this ended with a big brawl and apparently it's now. A match at take or not takeover, but all out. Let me pull up the all out card really fast. We got like an eight man tag team match or something announced. All out. It was announced tonight that on the buy in. So, so actually, fast rewind a little bit. Rewind a little bit. So, about 10 minutes before Dynamite went on the air, Tony Khan actually took to Twitter. Tony Khan took to Twitter and reported that, well, not reported, but announced that the match between Pac and Andrade will not be happening this Sunday. Pac and Andrade has been pulled for travel reasons. I don't, I guess that means Pac couldn't get out of England, but Tony Khan tweeted, and I quote, thank you, you supporting fans, hashtag AEW Dynamite, live next on TNT, the Women's Casino Battle Royale, which was booked on the buy-in, will now be featured on the all-out pay-per-view card. Due to travel issues, the Bastard Pack vs. Andrade bout, uh, the Bastard Pack vs. Andrade bout is postponed until a future rampage. He was already saying, this match ain't going to happen on an episode of Dynamite. This match will happen sometime in the future on Rampage. Don't know when, but on a Rampage. So I would assume 
the next rampage that they got pack in for. So with the Women's Casino Battle Royale being moved from the buy-in to the main card, we need a buy-in match, and it was announced that Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, Wheeler Yuta, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus, so it's a 10-man tag, will be taking on the team of Matt Hardy, Private Pro- not Private Property, Private Party, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn, TA and TH2, and Helico and Jack Evans. So it's a 10-man tag on the buy-in. I wonder how much time they're going to be able to give it. I mean, if they were planning on doing the Women's Battle Royal on the buy-in, then they probably have a good chunk of that buy-in already mapped out for a match. So that is a good sign. Because when you see a big match like this on a pre-show, you go, oh, that's not going to be an anything match because they're not going to get time. But with them already planning on doing that battle royal, you know they were going to want to give that battle royal time on the buy-in. So there's a chunk of that buy-in, I would assume, that's carved out for a match, for a match that needs to go long. So hopefully this match can go a little long and everyone can get their stuff in. Going forward, Eddie Kingston addressed Miro's status as God's favorite champion. He said that you can't be God's favorite champion when I take that title from you. He then said that, or Miro said that Eddie Kingston will realize that redemption only comes after agony. Because the only person I lay down for is my wife in a hotel room after I win my match. I go, gotta fucking love Miro. He's God's favorite champion. He's got a hot-ass wife. But that line, because Eddie King said, I'm going to make you lay down. You will no longer be God's favorite champion until I send you to heaven. But that fucking line, when Miro says, the only person I lay down for is my wife in a hotel room after my victory. I go, God damn. God damn, Miro is great. Whatever the, whoever's idea was to come up with, God loves me and I got a hot wife. And just play that, play that shit up. That was that's phenomenal. That's that's phenomenal because we've heard the wrestlers that go, oh, like my Macho Man was like, yeah, I got Elizabeth. Elizabeth's hot and this and that, and she's all mine. We've seen other wrestlers do the whole, oh yeah, I got the pretty girl with me. But the way Miro does it, where he's like, I got a hot wife, and all the sexual innuendos about, yeah, I fuck my wife all the time, and she this and that. It's just great. I love it. I love it because it's different and it works. Works well. Again, that line. The only person I lay down for is my wife in a hotel room after my victory. I love it. I love it. Austin, we already addressed that. We're not going to be talking about it here in the live live show. Going forward. A little promo video that played about Moxley and Kojima, but no one cares about that match. Next up, got the Chris Jericho interview, which it wasn't wasn't an interview. It was supposed to be a JR interview of Jericho, but basically it was Jericho taking the mic and freestyling. The Jim Ross sounded like he was about to cry introducing Jericho, and he said, "Welcome, to Chicago is or no." Jim Ross sounded like he was going to cry. When he introduced Jericho, and Jericho said, Welcome to Chicago is Jericho. Jericho said he started his main event journey in this business 22 years ago in Chicago. JR was one who uh, one who recruited him to start this journey. JR asked why Jericho chose such an extreme stipulation of putting his career on the line against MJF. 
Jericho stated, quote, MJF. You mean, he's like, MJF? You are a piece of shit. He's diabolical and arrogant, just like I am. All MJF has over Jericho are three victories. Yeah, three freaking victories. Jericho played it off like those three victories mean nothing. Like, uh, okay, to you, sure. But to the fans, when you go, that fucker's beat you three times. Why do we need to see this again? So the reason Jericho's in AEW is that he can never be complacent, he said. He said there was never a guarantee that they'd succeed, that this company would make it, but they have and they are. Episode 100, the hottest wrestling company in the world. How can you bet against it now? Jericho says he couldn't stick around for a lot. He could stick around for a lot longer, but every time he'd look in that mirror, he'd think, quote, you just couldn't beat MJF. You just couldn't beat MJF. But what do you do now? Jericho says he doesn't want it to be the end. He wants more. He doesn't want it to stop. And that's why he has to take a chance. If something goes wrong on Sunday and his journey ends here in Chicago where it all began, he will move straight over to that commentary desk, begin that portion of his career, and will thank everybody for their support. Here's the thing. I haven't thought about this in a while, but did they just randomly kill off the inner circle as a group? Tan and Ortiz, they're just doing their own thing with FTR. Haven't seen Jake Hager in a couple months. Sammy Guevara... Again, we only saw him last week, and that was brief. So it's like, what's going on with Inner Circle? Have they just kind of just, like, killed the group off for, for whatever? Again, I don't remember last time I saw Jake Hager. Let me look that up. Jake. Jake Hager's last match was... Matches. Um, it was that six-man tag where it was FTR and Wardlow against Jake Hager, Santana, and Ortiz. That was the last time that we saw Jake Hager. And they were building up to more pinnacle inner circle stuff, and then it just fizzled out to just MJF and Jericho and the labors. Santana and Ortiz versus FTR. But Santana Ortiz versus FTR and... The pinnacle versus inner circle is such a, just a contrasting difference of what it was supposed to be. The pinnacle are supposed to be the heels. The inner circle is supposed to be the baby faces. But in all of this, Santana Ortiz are the heels and FTR the baby faces if you really look at it. So I didn't think about it. So just now we have not seen inner circle at all, like as a unit. Or the pinnacle since like the beginning of July. And they've done it so quietly that I completely forgot that it has they neither group has been a thing. So it's very interesting to think about. Like you would think, okay, this big of a match, maybe you have inner circle in Jericho's corner, you have the pinnacle over there in MJF's corner. The final blow-off of the inner circle versus the pinnacle. Jericho versus MJF, the final fight. If Jericho loses, he has to retire. But no. I mean, we haven't even seen much Jericho Sammy stuff. So, I don't know. 
Very interesting thing to think about that I just randomly popped in my head like, where the fuck has Inner Circle been? Going forward, Jericho wasn't done speaking. He kept on going and going. He said, he said Jericho, or Jericho said MJF would not take this away from him. If MJF wants to take Jericho out, he's going to have to be the best he's ever been. That's not going to happen, though, because he's Chris Jericho. MJF doesn't have what it takes to get rid of him. He said, quote, I'll see you on Sunday at All Out, you little prick. Um, just seeing some stuff in the chat. Gabriel Perez, the MMA fight with Jer Jake Hager and Wardlow was before that six-man tag team match I referenced. The MMA fight was on June 6th. The six-man tag was a whole month later. And he also says Sammy beat Sean Spears. Sammy beat Sean Spears in just a match of Sammy Guevara versus Sean Spears. Not the pinnacle versus, not the pinnacle versus um, the inner circle. Same thing with Santana and Ortiz. It's not the pinnacle versus the inner circle. Because, like I stated, Santana and Ortiz are the heels here. Where FTR are the baby faces. But if it was inner circle versus pinnacle, that's supposed to be shifted around where FTR are the heels. And then Henry Ortiz are the baby faces. So it's like they just kind of just said, well, we'll keep some of these feuds going. But as far as the gang's warfare and the faction feud, that's going to fizzle gone. Again, the Sammy Sean Spears match was just a match that meant nothing for nothing. And you can't even say, well, Sammy beat Sean Spears. Sure, he got a win over Sean Spears with his fiance in the front row. But that wasn't a inner circle versus pinnacle match at all. Again, we haven't seen Jake Hager in almost two months. Santana and Ortiz versus FTR, that's been flipped over a couple times now. So yeah, it's not the team versus pinnacle versus inner circle anymore. But anyways, Darby Allen addressed CM Punk in a video. He said Punk stated that if he was a 15-year-old, Darby Allen would be his favorite wrestler. Well, 15-year-old Darby Allen, CM Punk was his favorite wrestler as well. He said, CM Punk's got a list of guys that he wants to face, and I was at the top of that list, and that's kind of disrespectful. It means you think you can just go straight through me and overlook me. He said, I, Darby Allen, should have been the last name on that list, the one that you, you fight at the end after you've gone through everybody else, not the first one that you think you can beat. He says he's going to be punk in Chicago or die trying. I actually really, really liked that. Where he's just like, you put me at the top of your list because you have all these guys you want to fight. So you think, oh, I'll just go through Darby first and then get to the next guy. I really, I really liked the point of that. The whole, I got my list of guys. And you would think they're in order. You would think, you know, I'm going to take on this guy and then go from this guy and go to this guy, go to this guy. So putting Darby at the top of that list. Number one goes, eh, I'll face Darby, I'll beat Darby, I'll move on to the next one. Kind of like like Darby said, you're gonna, you're overlooking me, but you've seen some of the stuff I've done to win my matches, and I ain't going to hold back in Chicago at all out. Next up, Taz joined commentary. Powerhouse Hobbs versus Brian Cage. This match was kind of just like, what the hell? Because I watched the Darby promo, right? Darby talked about CM Punk and everything, and that went a good couple of minutes. And then I literally... Turn away from my computer where I was watching the show. Like, turn away as far as, like, turn around. 
because my living room was right next to my kitchen. I turn around, helping my kids get their stuff for dinner. Not even two minutes later, I hear in my headphones that this match is already started. Powerhouse Hobbs and Cage. And I go, when the fuck did this match start? I thought I'd have time with their entrances. It's like they didn't even do entrances or something. Like, what the hell? So I rewound it because you can rewind the TNT app. And I realized, oh, that's why this match started so quickly. Because Hobbs went to come out and Cage attacked him and they just started brawling. So that's why it seemed like the match just kind of... Because to me, it seemed like they ended the Derby segment while this match had already started. But it was that Cage attacked during the entrance. So I had to rewind and catch that. So he sent Hobbs hard into the barricade. The match finally started and Hobbs powered to the floor. A distraction from Hook allowed Hobbs to cut Cage off with an elbow upon re-entry. Cage then got some breathing room here. But Hobbs took him out with a lariat ahead of a break. Once back from the break, Hobbs mocked Cage, who came back with a flatliner. Cage hit a flurry of strikes and an exploder suplex for a two. Both men traded finisher attempts. Excuse me. Until Hobbs hit a big spine buster for a two. Cage then came back with a rising knee and an F5, followed by an outside-in vertical suplex. Hook jumped up on the apron and distracted the official as Ricky Starks ran out and hit Cage with the FTW Championship. Hobbs then hit the Oklahoma Stampede and picked up the victory. So, I get where this is, and I don't like it. Cage loses. Hobbs gets the big win. I like that. What I don't like is now Cage is probably going to come back and go, Ricky Starks, you screwed me out of that match. I want you, and I want the FTW Championship. I want a title shot. But it's like, bro, you just lost to Hobbs, and you're probably going to, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, but it does seem like they built up to another, um, what's it called? Um, ha- Cage-Starks match, so yeah. Um, Chase Delga says, do you have a TV? I do have a TV, but my kids use the TV. I and mean, you don't need a TV to watch television because you can watch it on a computer. I watch Monday Night Raw. I watch uh, I watch Monday Night Raw and NXT on the Comcast Xfinity app. I watch SmackDown when it works on the Fox Sports app or when I have to go over to watchwrestling.in. And I always watch um, Dynamite Rampage when I watch Rampage live. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Like last week I didn't. But I always watch AEW on the Watch TNT app. Because what's cool about the Watch TNT app, opposed from the... Xfinity Comcast app, you can rewind. You can't rewind on the Comcast Xfinity app. Plus, if I were to just try to just go on my actual TV Comcast box and watch all these wrestling shows live, I wouldn't be watching them live because on my Comcast TV box, I have to watch the West Coast feed. But if I go on my computer and use the apps there, I get the East Coast feed. So I don't watch them on TV because I'd have to wait three hours after they start. Instead of watching... Five o'clock Pacific, I'd have to watch at eight o'clock Pacific. Technically, if I watched on my TV, this review wouldn't be going on right now because I would just be five minutes into Dynamite. So, yeah. I use all the apps because it gives me the East Coast feed to watch things earlier. Um, they announced that Lee Johnson will be taking on Malachi Black this coming week on uh, Rampage. QT Marshall and the Factory were in the ring. QT called out Paul White. White came out and was taken out by the factory until he exploded out of the corner, sending everybody flying. 
He had a choke slam on one of the jobbers and swatted Aaron Solo out of the air. The gun club then came out to even the odds. As it looked like the segment was about to end, Billy Gunn struck White with a chair. I was like, whoa, we didn't expect that. He and his son stood over White as QT looked on, stunned. Factory members re-entered the ring, allowing QT to hit an assisted diamond cutter on Paul White. So the big question is, what the fuck is going on with the gun club? I get it, they turned heel, but are they now part of the factory? You know they ain't going to be no more part of the Nightmare family. So are the gun club's heels now? And after QT and Paul White, we're going to go to Billy Gunn and Paul White? Interesting, interesting. All right. Let's talk about some bullshit. Britt freaking Baker. Sends out this daggum tweet. I'm going to pull the daggum tweet up. Britt Baker sends out this damn tweet. Long screen. Sends out this tweet here that states, I have a huge announcement. Big free agent news coming up live on hashtag AEW Dynamite when I chat with my BFF, Tony Schiavone. Britt Baker's got this announcement. She says, big free agent news. And what does everybody think? We're going to talk Adam Cole. Talk about Adam Cole. So she goes, and she goes, yeah, I get things from Tony Khan when I ask for it, and da-da-da-da-da. Both Jamie Hayter and Rebel will be in the Casino Battle Royale. I think Jamie can win it. She goes, but regarding my announcement, I want to announce a huge free agent that will take this company, and she does this, to the skies. Or she says something like that. And Jamie and Rebel also do the this. The Adam Cole fingers, right? Right? And she goes, and I want to announce a huge free agent signing for All Elite Wrestling. It's myself. I've re-signed to stay here for the long haul. And I go, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Because I know for a fact she was not a free agent. So that's a straight up lie. Because nobody signed with AEW before January 2019. And those people that signed those those first contracts, three-year deals. Three-year deals. Her contract is not even up till January. Now, she could have signed a new contract already. That's not an issue. But to say that she was a free agent, you ain't because your contract never came up, sister. So, yeah, that was a big old, that was a big old clickbaity bullshit kind of segment. I saw a lot of people online kind of mad about that. Oh, AEW fucking over their fans again. Just saying we got big announcements and then they're nothing. Because that's what AEW is known for. Saying, big announcement coming. And then it's nothing. It's nothing. Cody got in trouble for that early on with this company. Saying, big major announcement coming Monday. And then they go, oh, we're going to Grand Rapids, Michigan. And then Tony Khan would go, bro, stop hyping up all of our fans when, when, our, when our announcements are only going to be for like a quarter of the fan base. But yeah. Yeah, they were trying to fuck with us. She said that we've got a big free agent announcement signing. Well, who's the big free agent that everybody's waiting to hear about? Not Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, because everyone knows he's coming. Adam Cole, 
Who's her boyfriend? Adam Cole. So everyone assumed, oh my God, is she going to make the Adam Cole announcement? Like, the fucker wasn't on Twitch earlier today streaming. Now, they could have done the whole thing where he was on Twitch streaming to throw everybody off, and then she makes the announcement, I've got someone coming in. I've got someone coming to help me, baby. But I just thought that was a bullshit segment. Say we got a free agent announcement, and then it's not even about anyone that was technically a free agent. So next up, we have Ty Conti versus, as Booker T would call her, Penelope Ford. How can Booker T, back in the day, where he's talking about Penelope Ford, and he says it's a Penelope. Anyways, Penelope Ford versus Ty Conti. Penelope Ford had the bunny in her corner. Conti, early on, hit a crossbody off the apron for both women before the bell rang. She had repeated judo throws on Ford once the bell did ring and the match started. She turned that into a backbreaker and a roll-up for a two. Uh, there was a pump kick from Conti that got another two. She sprung to the top rope before it pushed the rope, sending her Conti crashing to the mat before a commercial break. Give me try not to burp there. Once back from the break, Ford hit a handspring spear, but Conti came back with a spinning slam for a two. Ford went for a Muda lock, and Conti fought out and applied a calf slicer. Ford fought to reach the ropes. Conti hit repeated corner strikes. Ford countered with a double knee gut buster and got a two off of it. Uh, Ford was then distract, or Ford distracted the referee as the bunny got involved. Conti pushed the bunny off the apron and rolled up Ford to pick up the victory. More outside interference. Because that's all AEW knows how to do. Outside interference, lead to the finish. There we go. Bullshit. The match itself wasn't bad, though. I mean, both of these women have gotten tremendously better since joining AEW. I will say that for sure. Then, two-on-one attack. And my first thought was, well, Anna Jay was announced earlier for the Battle Royal. So Anna Jay must be coming out. Dark Order music. Out comes Anna Jay. Anna Jay comes out. Ford and the Bunny Run. And we got the two besties. Anna Jay and Ty Conti. Tay Jay standing in the ring together. Then all of a sudden, Excalibur goes, I've just been informed by Tony Khan that, well, Anna Jay will be competing this Sunday in the Casino Battle Royale. And I go, that was announced earlier in the day, I thought, because I had heard about that like three hours before Dynamite. So in the back, Alex Marvez was like, Thunder Rosa, we just got the announcement that Anna Jay will be in the Women's Casino Battle Royale this Sunday. But what are your chances on winning this match? And before she can really say anything, she's like, yeah, it's good to see Anna Jay back, but... And then Nyla Rose and Jade Cargill came up with Vicky and Mark Sterling. Rosa said that she's going... She'd go down spinning and attacking Rose, but both of them beat her down. Rose and Cargill faced off, but their respective managers cooled them down. Eh, whatever. As far as this week's Rampage does go, we will be reviewing it because it's a live edition. That's my rule. If Rampage is live... We will review it. Uh, CM Punk will speak. Darby Allen will take on Danny Garcia or Daniel Garcia. Malachi Black will face Lee Johnson. Miro will speak. And Chris Statlander will be in a handicap match against Rebel and Jamie Hayter. Also next week, Dynamite is coming to us from Cincinnati. And they will host a John Moxley homecoming. 
in his home city. Run down the card for All Out really fast on the buy-in. It's Jurassic Express and the Best Friends against the HFO. The AEW World, no, no. Um, the Final Fight, Chris Jericho versus MJF. John Moxley will take on Satoshi Kojima. Paul White versus QT Marshall. The Women's Casino Battle Royale, where the winner gets herself a future shot at the AEW Women's World Championship. TNT title will be on the line when Miro takes on Eddie Kingston. In a steel cage match, the AEW World Tag Team Championships will be on the line when the Young Bucks defend against the Lucha Bros. The AEW Women's World Championship will be on the line when Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, will be taking on everyone's favorite alien, Chris Statlander. And finally, we do know that CM Punk will be taking on Darby Allin, and with the AEW World Heavyweight Championship on the line, Kenny Omega will be defending against Christian Cage. And from what I've heard, Tony Khan has still not decided on what he wants as the main event. World title match? Punk Darby. Traditionally, and Tony's been very traditional, no matter what else is on the show, unless it's a lights-out match, world title's got to go on last. The video package played hyping up Jericho and MJF, focused on Jericho's career. We then got the main event. Eight-man tag, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, against the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. Taking on the Lucha Bros, Penta El Cerro Miedo and Ray Fenix against Jurassic Express's Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Don Callis joined commentary. I enjoyed the crap out of the match, but I didn't like anything that happened afterwards. Like, the match itself was fantastic. And what would you expect with these eight guys? The two big hosses of this match, Gallows and Luchasaurus, start off the match. The big men traded strikes in the corner before Luchasaurus hit a nice vertical suplex. Fenix and Nick tagged in and had a nice exchange before tagging their elder brothers. The two teams faced off, but the Good Brothers ran in and cut the Lucha Bros down from behind. During the break, Jungle Boy was powerbombed on the apron. He made a comeback and reached Phoenix for the tag. Phoenix fought off Anderson before hitting a step-up springboard arm drag on Nick. Penta hit a thrust kick in the corner, followed by a missile drop kick to the post, uh, posterior of Matt Jackson. No, of Nick Jackson, Matt Jackson made the save of the pin. Nick then hit an Ultimo Dragon Tahiras arm drag before some kicks on all four title content, uh, competitors. They all brawled around for a minute. Luchasaurus and Anderson tagged in. A big man hit some strikes again and a German suplex. Um, Gallows was sent to the floor. Nick did a springboard, sending him onto the Good Brothers on the floor. He then assisted Jungle Boy with a great tornado outside. One point, Luchasaurus hit a choke slam and a standing moonsault on Anderson for a two. I mean, I get why WWE released Luchasaurus back in the day, but boy, boy, he could have been big for them. Austin, whatever his name is, Mendeling or whatever, Luchasaurus could have been big for them. Freaking Judas Macias. Just look how great he's been. I get it. Back when he was released from WWE, he was having a lot of injury issues, was told that he may never be able to wrestle again, and that just motivated him to go even harder. Now this guy is quick, doing freaking moonsaults and whatnot, so I love Luchasaurus. And a great, good, cool thing about Luchasaurus, kids love Luchasaurus. Hence why he's one of the first ever AEW wrestling buddies, but anyways... Thought I'd put him over really fast. He hit the moonsault on Anderson and got a two. 
Penta tagged in, and the Lucha Bros set up for a fear factor, but the official was distracted, and Cutler sprayed Phoenix with the cold spray. Good Brothers hit a magic killer on Phoenix, got a near fall. Phoenix countered a BTE trigger and hit a double handspring cutter on both Bucks. He fought off the Good Brothers, but the Bucks caught him with a crossbody and a Meltzer driver to pick up the victory. They then asked Don Callis on commentary, Hey, why do you guys always need the outsider interference? And all Don said was, Any way to win, Shivani. Any way to win. So, after the match, this is when shit broke down and just got dumb. Dumb, 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 dumb. And he comes out with Nakazawa. And commentary's like, oh, this is all we need now. Omega coming out here. They beat up the baby faces. Omega taunted them. Good brother sent Luchasaurus through a table with a magic killer on the outside. Christian then ran out to make the save. Thought he was going to get the better of these guys, and the numbers overwhelmed him. Kenny then said something about Tony Khan and not being responsible, and Don stole his keys. Don, lower the cage. Cage lowers. We got the Lucha Bros and Kenny Omega, uh, Lucha Bros and Christian Cage laid out in the ring with the elite. All of a sudden, all these guys just start running out. Dante Martin, Frankie Kazarian, Orange Cassidy. They try to climb the cage. They're pushed off. The elite's got kendo sticks. They're beating people with kendo sticks. They um, handcuff the Lucha Bros to the ropes. And then Nick Jackson just keeps super kicking them. Runs over, super kicks Phoenix. Runs over, super kicks, super kicks Penta. Boom, boom, boom. Ping pong and back and forth. Kenny finally says, Nick, calm down. Give one to Christian. And then tells Nakazawa to handcuff Christian to the ropes. And they're doing all this beat down. And the crowd is just kind of just like... They kind of, when the cage lord went, oh, like what the, this sucked. This sucked. You got like Jungle Boy trying to climb the cage. At one point, Kenny comes out. When he first comes out, and Kenny's got his hair jet black bleached with some blue accents in it. Not bleached, but jet black dyed with some blue accents in it. And he goes straight for Jungle Boy at one point. He's like, hey, Jungle Boy Jack, you're not in my league anymore. You're not a contender. But... As the cage is down, you got like Dante Martin trying to climb the cage. Get the kendo stick, knock him off. Jungle Boy tries to climb the cage. Marco Stunt tries to climb the cage. And Brandon Cutler sprays the cold spray in his face. He falls off the cage. And this just keeps on going. And nothing's happening. And then finally, Excalibur's like, don't forget AEW Rampage this Friday. Jim Ross is like, we got AEW All Out this Sunday on pay-per-view. You can get it on blah, 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 blah. We still got tickets on sale and this and that. And don't miss us on pay-per-view. And Kenny Omega's like, Come on, guys. Da, 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 da. The show just goes off the air. The announcers are not even talking about what's happening in the ring. They're trying to plug everything really quick. Like, this show went long because it did. It went next two minutes. And then it's just Kenny Stills on that mic. Get him over here. Bring him over here. Angelina Jolie wanted next on TNT. I'm like, okay. So that's just going to be over. That's just the end of the show. Kudos. But with that, guys, that was AEW Dynamite. A very underwhelming finish to the show. Very kind of like, okay, so that's supposed to get me hyped up for your pay-per-view. Hopefully Rampage does something better. But I didn't like the finish of this show whatsoever. You know what I think? Now it's time to figure out what you guys think. Let's go and check the polls. Remember, if you want to be part of the show, you can do so by putting a super chat 
in the live chat on YouTube or texting 510-906-1341. As far as the Twitch poll does go, 50% of you thought the show was just all right, 25% liked it, and 25% didn't like it. Uh, I didn't mention that, Gabriel Perez. I said next week the show will be in Cincinnati and they will be hosting a John Moxley homecoming. I already said that. Pay attention, buddy boy. Uh, 63% of you on YouTube liked tonight's Dynamite. 21% thought it was just all right. And 13 did not like it. As far as... Text messages do go... Um, first text message here says, I know you can't make the decision for Adam Cole, but where as a pro wrestling fan, do you want to see him end up? I actually want him to stay with WWE and I want to see exactly what they would do with him on the main roster because I know that Vince actually really likes Adam Cole. He likes the work that he's seen him do. And there have been a lot of people going to Vince from what I've been told and saying, you can't deserve to lose this guy. So I kind of want to see what they would do with him in WWE, to be completely honest. We know he'd do well, great, flourish in all wrestling. Big question is, could he be that guy to get over in, a, in, a, in WWE on the main roster? That's, that's the challenge that I see that he should take up. Because I think they would use him well, better than some of the other guys that have come up from NXT recently. Chris says, any news about Bailey? Yeah, she's out with the freaking knee injury for like nine months from when it took place. Or when she had the surgery. It says, do you see Julia Hart winning the AW Women's World title in the next five to ten years? Way too far out to call. Probably not. And just say, can she win in the next five years? Who the fuck knows? Can she win in the next ten years? I don't even know. This comp- this, they probably will, but I can't even say that AW is going to be around in ten years. Who knows? Said, I thought Dynamite was okay, but the ending, what the Elite did, was too much. What match are you most likely looking forward to at All Out? Um, the cage match. It's the same thing that you say, the cage match as well. Cage match and the CM Punk match, just to see how Punk is. But as far as like what match do I think will be the best, that cage match. Lucha Bros and the, um, the Young Bucks. And, and I like that they're doing this match because they haven't had a match for two years. The last time we had a Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks match was two years ago at All Out. So really cool to see that they kind of like kept this match in their back pocket and said, we'll get back to it eventually. It's not like, oh, we just did this three weeks ago, like Kenny Omega and, and, and Christian Cage. Because I think AEW did good tonight. I have a question for you. How long do you think the Young Bucks hold their AEW tag titles in the uh, tag team championships if beat the Lucha Bros at All Out? I think that depends on how long they want to keep the title on Kenny. If they want to keep the elite looking strong with the gold, all the gold, then they can't drop the titles right now. It all depends on really, I think, how long they want to keep Kenny looking even stronger. Because Kenny flanked with all those champions, the Good Brothers and the Young Bucks, it makes him look even bigger and better. But I don't think they need to hold him much longer. I honestly think the Lucha Bros should win. And I'm not giving predictions right now. I am going to do predictions. Predictions will be up by Friday. I will say that. Predictions for All Out should be up by Friday. I might not be doing them alone. 
Versus says, this isn't AEW related, but what are your thoughts on Vince controlling NXT? I really can't say anything about that until we see that first episode. So if you guys didn't hear the news, according to the Wrestling Observer website, Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are going to be in charge of NXT production going forward for a main majority of the shows. And again, I, I'm very skeptical that it's going to be well, do well and make the show better. Yet, I can't really judge it too hard until I see that first episode in two weeks. It says, you think the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros could have another five-star match like they did with the ladder match? Yes, I do. I don't know if they can have a match as good as the ladder match in the cage, but I think it would be damn near close. Because I think the AEW cage is a little restricting with the size that it is, to be honest. Yes, Cody climbed it and did the moonsault off and everything, but I think it's a little restricting being as big as it is. Like, it's not a hell in a cell. It doesn't need to be that big. I would have liked to see the AEW cage just be a little more rustic, a little less... Like, perfect looking, to be completely honest. And, of course, shorter. Chris says, do you think Satana and Ortiz going to AEW Tag Team Championships? Championship, what? Yep, not reading that one. Yeah, I don't even understand it. Chris says, I have another question. Do you think if Chris Jericho loses, do you see him going back? No. This whole Jericho losing thing is not to get him out of AEW. It's he's probably going to win. But at the same time, here's what I would do. I'd have MJF win again. And then in like two years or maybe a year, maybe not two years, but in about a year, I'd have MJF be like, oh crap, I need help. Um, Jericho, if you want to unretire, I'll allow it, but you got to help me out because I'm in a bind. I'm in a pickle. I need a partner. You know, something like that. Versus says, I thought AEW was great tonight. I really enjoyed the ending of the show. Well, you're one of them, a uh, small handful. With the cage trap, very creative. No, not really. Says, do you think Jericho is beating MJF, or do you think MJF beats Jericho by cheating somehow? Also, do you see any crazy and insane spots in the cage match on Sunday? Yes, there's gonna be some sort of a Phoenix jumping off of something or Nick Jackson jumping off of something. But as far as MJF and Jericho, again, I'm not gonna get too into it because I'm gonna do predictions. Versus says, where's Kip Sabian? Rehab him from an injury. He had shoulder surgery. And finally, this person says, with Brian slated to debut at All Out reportedly, not 100% yet, do you see him being a heel or babyface? And do you think he has a match at all? No, he will not wrestle at all out. Just someone, something to say, hey, we have Brian Danielson. Yes, if he does show up on Sunday, it's just a segment. They will not have him wrestle. There's not going to be a match wrestled by Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, at the show on Sunday. Maybe Wednesday, maybe next Friday, but he will not be wrestling at all out. If he shows up again, that's only been reported, not 100% confirmed. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and Twitter.com forward slash PW Unlimited. Remember, if you missed any of this show or any of our previous podcasts, you can catch them on major podcast platforms like CastBox, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor.fm, and so many more. So with that, guys, have a great night. Have a great rest of your week. I'll be back live on Friday for SmackDown and Rampage. And then we'll do it on Sunday. Yet again, AEW All Out. So with that, guys, have a great night, and I'll see you next time.